0: Hello and welcome to the Benefits Compliance Podcast. My name is Suzanne Spradley and I'm here with my colleague Chase Cannon and we are attorneys with NFP in the Benefits Compliance Department and we bring this podcast to you to break down relevant topics that have to do with health reform or other things that could impact um, employee benefit plans. So today we're going to do a tour of HIPAA settlements that have occurred in 2018. These are always Interesting to to learn some tidbits from. So, Chase, can you start us off with a quick 10,000 foot review of HIPAA and uh, what it means to employee benefit plans?
1: Yeah, so HIPAA has several parts to it. Today we're focusing on HIPAA privacy and security. And I really want to stay high level on this because we could spend, and we have spent a couple hours on different training sessions for clients on HIPAA itself, what are all the obligations. But at a 10,000 foot level, HIPAA is meant to protect the privacy of individuals health and medical information so when you or i suzanne go to the doctor or hospital it's really nice to know that hipaa prevents the doctor or hospital from doing whatever they want with our information indeed they can't sell it to third parties they can't publish it in the newspaper for money they can't share your name and medical medical condition with other patients in the hospital other than using that info to diagnose and prescribe and for other administrative purposes like billing collection of payment The doctor or hospital is extremely limited in what they can do with that info. Now that's the provider world. HIPAA applies directly to healthcare providers. We obviously live in the employer world. HIPAA's application is to the group health plan. So for fully insured plans, that HIPAA responsibility is primarily on the carrier. Most fully insured employers, aside from helping with enrollment and disenrollment, handle or view only limited or de-identified information relating to covered employees. So a fully insured employer has limited HIPAA responsibilities, but they still need to be a little bit uh, aware of it. They need to keep an eye out for situations where they might see too much information and they still have to do a HIPAA risk analysis, identify a privacy officer, and then use authorization forms for employees that want to discuss their situations or ask for help in appealing or understanding a claim. So a fully insured employer is not totally out of the woods, but they definitely don't see the full brunt of Uh, HIPAA, that's really where a self-insured employer comes in. They're stepping into the role or the shoes of a group health plan. And so the employees of the employer are the ones seeing a lot of this sensitive information in a self-insured context. They're operating the plan. They're making plan decisions on claims. So that full scope of HIPAA comes in and applies to uh, the employer. They have to comply with all of HIPAA's requirements. What does that mean? That means developing privacy and security policies and procedures those are two different things. Privacy is the information itself, making sure that um, that's kept safe, and the security rules come into play when it's when that information is stored electronically. So you'll hear that term security. You'll also hear the term EPHI, which is electronic protected health information. That's protected health information in electronic form. We see more and more of that, obviously, as we go along. Um, so in addition to developing privacy and security policies and procedures,
0: that are written, we might say, written. obviously.
1: very well. Yeah, thanks for adding that. Um, employers have to distribute a notice of privacy practices. That's meant to explain to employees what the employer is going to do with the information, what they won't do with the information. There's a model notice out there from the DOL on that now. So not too hard to do, but it needs to get out there. Employers also have to run a risk analysis. They have to identify a privacy officer, enter into business associate agreements with those that are assisting and administering and operating the plan.
0: Yeah, and I will say that risk assessment is the, is the thing that's most often overlooked by yeah. not only providers, but by group health, group health plans. So don't forget that aspect of it.
1: Yeah, and we're going to go through a few cases here in the settlements that highlight that fact. The BAAs are very important, making sure those that work with the employer are also tied to HIPAA's rules on what they can and can't do with the information they're seeing. And then training employees, this is going to be a big part of this, and properly disposing of PHI and ePHI. And lastly, there's some notification uh, requirements if there is a breach or an unauthorized disclosure of information
0: right so. and unfortunately uh, we do tend to see breaches occurring more and more and so mm-hmm. we, we you have to anticipate that at some point there could be a, a breach and not only is there a notification but there's an assessment that you have to do with the breach to determine if notification is required right um, so obviously hip is a bigger deal for self-insured employers as you pointed out there's still plenty for fully insured employers to be aware of that they need to make sure they don't overlook but before we start talking about the settlements tell me about who has enforcement authority. Is it the IRS? Is it the DOL? Is it HHS? I mean, who is OCR? Right. So always the alphabet soup of acronyms, right?
1: HIPAA actually falls under the purview of HHS. That's the Department of Health and Human Services primarily. OCR, that term you'll hear is the Office of Civil Rights. They're a subdivision within HHS. They're the ones that are really in on the weeds on this stuff. They are the hotline you'd call anonymously if you wanted to report something related to privacy and security. They're the ones that are posting these settlements on their website. And so they're really the ones you deal with in a, in a HIPAA situation.
0: Okay, so let's get on to the interesting stories and hear about some of the settlements. Tell us, tell us about the first one.
1: So this one occurred up in Connecticut. Uh, the company is Allergy Associates of Hartford. They're a healthcare care practice that specializes in treating individuals with allergies three doctors at four locations across Connecticut. So that's the background there. In February of 2015, one of their patients contacted a local TV station to speak about a dispute that had occurred between the patient and one of the doctors. The reporter then, being a diligent reporter, reached out to the doctor for comment. And during that interviewer discussion, the doctor impermissibly disclosed the patient's protected health information to the reporter. And so this triggered an OCR investigation. Doesn't say how, but likely from this uh, complaint from the patient. OCR investigates they found that the doctor's discussion with the reporter demonstrated a reckless disregard for the patient's privacy rights. Uh, The disclosure also occurred after the doctor was instructed by the allergy associates, the doctor practice's privacy officer, to either not respond to the media or respond with a no comment And so the practice ended up paying $125,000 to settle this issue, and they had to agree to a corrective action uh, plan to monitor their compliance with HIPAA. So this is an interesting one, I think, because the company seemed to be on top of things here. Um, So just having policies and procedures and a wise privacy officer may not in some situations be enough I do think it highlights the importance of training employees in this situation. A doctor is really an employee, knows the uh, information, sees the PHI. He needed to be trained maybe a little bit better on what types of information can be shared and with whom. Yeah, that's a
0: tough one because I'm sure the doctor felt like he needed to, um, you know, take care of his reputation and protect it. And so um, definitely if, if you're in a situation like that, reach out to Council that would have not only the ability to protect from, a, from the side of their reputation, but also have a, a, a good understanding of HIPAA. What's the next one?
1: Okay, so this one is right here in the great state of Tejas. That's Texas. Uh, three separate data breaches reported in 2012 and 2013 by MD Anderson. So mm. this is a big hospital group, a degree-granting institution, comprehensive cancer research and treatment center in Houston. Um, One breach occurred when an unencrypted laptop was stolen from an employee's house. The other two involved the loss of unencrypted USB thumb drives containing ePHI. Over 35,000 individuals impacted here.
0: And I I will say those are the most common breaches are laptops and USB uh, devices. So they are uh, so that's this is really key for all employers and Mm -hmm. certainly group health plans deal with laptop servers.
1: That's right. So OCR investigated here, and to highlight that point, um, MD Anderson in this case was not following its own encryption policies. So they actually had, all the way back in 2006, gone through some type of um, analysis and uh, and had developed policies on this, but they didn't begin the process of formally implementing and adopting them until 2011, and even then failed to adopt a company-wide solution for encryption. So, specifically, they didn't have a solution for their inventory of electronic devices during these thefts and losses. So, um, this was actually a $4.35 million settlement. It's the fourth largest ever for OCR. Uh, But really, the biggest takeaway on this is it's not enough just to go through the risk analysis. I know we highlight that as the most overlooked step. But that's not enough to say you'll, you're, you've looked at it and you have developed policies. You need to actually implement them and follow them.
0: And mitigate risk that you identify in the assessment.
1: Exactly. So lots of times we say, hey, when you're working with the government in the group health plan context, sometimes they can be a little bit more lenient if you have identified errors and you're working to correct them. HIPAA might be an exception to that rule because people are actually being impacted here. People's informations are getting out. So the government is less likely to say, hey, it's okay that you had a plan of action. You just hadn't taken steps to actually do it. They're going to be more interested in, hey, you need to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. Okay. So you've shared some good stories. So there, are there any just kind of like over the top good stories that, uh, you know, that triggered a, a HIPAA settlement this year, Chase?
1: Yeah. So the there's two more, and both of them are kind of over the top. But let's start with uh, a, a company called FileFax. They're an Illinois company. They provide the storage, maintenance, and delivery of medical records for HIPAA-covered entities. So you'd think very focused on HIPAA here, right? Right. We are actually—that's the purpose of our company—is dealing with companies who uh, have to deal with this information. But back in 2015, OCR received an anonymous complaint alleging that an individual transported medical records obtained from file fax to a shredding and recycling facility. OCR investigated. They found that this individual had left medical records of over 2,000 patients at the shredding facility and that those records contained PHI. Mm. So essentially, by leaving the PHI in an unlocked truck in the the employer's parking lot and by granting permission to an unauthorized person to remove the PHI from uh, file fax, they this company breached their HIPAA obligations. So the oh-duh moment here is you have all these paper files. You're a company that um, focuses on this and that you allowed an employee to somehow leave that information unlocked outside the, a building in a truck. That seems fairly simple, fairly straightforward, but this company didn't have the parameters or didn't follow up with employees and uh, ended up getting into a lot of trouble. So this turned out to be a $100,000 uh, settlement, so not a huge amount, but still a hundred thousand dollars. Interestingly, this company went out of business in 2017, mm-hmm. but OCR kept with it. This was just announced this year, so the settlement was paid by a receiver that was appointed to liquidate the assets of the company. So perhaps that's another takeaway here: uh, HIPAA obligations and penalties don't always disappear when a business closes its doors.
0: Interesting. All right, so um, so that's a good one. But what about any other sensational stories, Chase? Are we, do, are there any situations that would make for a good uh, primetime TV movie or something? Yeah.
1: So funny you should ask, Suzanne. This next one actually took place on a TV miniseries. I'm not sure if you knew this, Suzanne. I was born in Boston, mm. Beth Israel Hospital in Boston. I did. That's why not. I'm a Red Sox fan. Uh, these incidences, though, took place in some Boston hospitals, Boston Medical Center. Brigham Women's Hospital and Massachusetts General all thought it would be really cool to allow ABC to do a document uh, documentary, um, but they forgot to get authorizations from some of the patients in, that were also being filmed. So basically, they invited film crews into the hospital to film these reality-type TV shows, patients recovering from surgeries, hospital stay experiences, things like that, but they did not first obtain authorization from the patients. Obviously, a quick background on the rules shows uh, that OCR doesn't allow health care providers to invite or allow media personnel into treatment or other areas where patients' PHI will be accessible in various forms, including written, electronic, oral, or other visual or audio form, unless each individual who would be impacted gives authorizations. All three hospitals denied wrongdoing. They said they had consent. OCR did not agree. This actually was similar to another hospital incident, also for an ABC documentary back in 2016 in New York. So you'd think maybe ABC or somebody would have picked up on this, uh, but resulted in a $1 million penalty for the hospitals. OCR had this quote to say, Patients in hospitals expect to encounter doctors and nurses when getting treatment, not film crews recording them at their most private and vulnerable moments. Right. Hospitals have to get authorization from patients before allowing strangers to have access to patients and their medical information.
0: I don't think I'd be a happy camper if no. I was in the hospital and had a film crew filming right.
1: me. So like I said, this is a hospital, so not your usual employer group health plan, plan scene. But I think that quote, altered only slightly for context, is equally applicable for the employer scene. Employees expect privacy and sensitivity in their most private and vulnerable moments. That comes when employees are dealing with a group health plan, when they're maybe going to the employer for guidance or to help work through a claim, that kind of thing. So I think this case really has some good takeaways. OCR required these hospitals to create a corrective action plan that includes implementing a staff training program, developing policies and procedures around photography, video, and audio recordings. So you can think of other situations too where maybe it's not an ABC miniseries, it's just people showing up and filming their loved ones in the hospital. They probably need to have a policy around that. Uh, but uh, an unlikely scenario for employers, but a good reminder for our clients to do a risk analysis, implement staff training, and follow through with these policies and procedures.
0: So we, I mentioned this earlier, but so many of these really are pertaining to hospitals or provider groups. So we wanna, you know, is there, or can you speak to any enforcement actions um, against employer groups?
1: Yeah, so going back further than 2018, there are settlements involving non-provider employers. In addition, there are plenty of non-published settlements regarding private employers. You may hear about these in other forms in the media, or you may not. These are, you know, sometimes just get settled privately and you don't hear about them. But audits can come up from OCR audits. Um, They also send out questionnaires to random employers. We've seen that, HIPAA questionnaires, that uh, hopefully... Uh, people respond to, but then uh, perhaps OCR sees issues, and then complaints from employees. So that's um, ways that this can come up for uh, employer groups. There's also potential for the DOL to step in or at least have eyes for an OCR referral. The DOL, remember, is there to protect employees' interests as participants and beneficiaries under group health plans. And employers, particularly those sponsoring self-insured plans, have to follow plan documents. They have to outline these HIPAA policies and procedures. So there's some crossover there. And there's potential for the DOL in response to an employee complain about benefits gen- generally or a uh, complaint about following appeals procedures. There's all sorts of ways that the DOL could step in and see there's a privacy or security issue and quickly refer that over to OCR.
0: Okay, so let's uh, let's wrap this up by just outlining some takeaways for the employers from all of these incidents.
1: Yeah, so that's a great way to close the podcast. First, employers need to determine whether the full brunt of HIPAA applies. So, self-insured employers, as we mentioned, they're pretty much automatically in the hot seat there. Um, but for uh, the second thing, really, is to develop. Uh, or, sorry, that's okay. Second, a HIPAA risk analysis should be performed. We've hit on this throughout the discussion here, but employers need to figure out where leaks could be within the organization and structure. Um, Third, is to pull in all the relevant players within the company, so think about all the players that need to be involved in these discussions. A few that we've listed include the IT team, your computer people, the C-suite, legal, obviously you're dealing with some liability for the company here all those involved in HR and benefits. I also would add to that list vendors, um, those that are working with administration of the plan. But IT is probably going to be the key, particularly when it comes to security and protecting ePHI. Fourth, develop policies and procedures for privacy and security and implement them across the board and then check in to make sure they're being followed. So it's not enough just to have them in writing. They need to be in writing, but it's, this, is a, this is a do. You must uh, make it happen. That includes a review of vendors and making sure BAAs are in place and ensuring that the notice of privacy practices goes out to employees. Fifth, it'd be to train your employees, make sure they can identify when potential um, risks arise, help them to understand when they can uh, share information and when they can't. And so making sure employees understand their obligations under HIPAA as plan administrators. The last thing would be to understand what to do in the case of a breach, just understanding who you need to notify. Obviously, that's going to include anybody who's affected by this, the individuals themselves. And then if it rises to certain levels, you will have to notify the media and, as we've seen in these cases, reach out to OCR directly and self-report, which is never a fun thing.
0: Right, and 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 also consider state law. I'll just have to mention because a lot of right. states have certainly implemented laws concerning breach notification, So, Chase, that sounds like a huge undertaking for uh, self-insured employers, and um, I do want to mention again that there are vendors that can step in and help you with so many of those aspects of compliance with HIPAA. So reach out to your NFP broker for resources, HIPAA compliance resources, and we can certainly provide that information for you. Right. So, Chase, thanks for going through all of that. That's that's quite a a lot to go through with HIPAA, but it, it just brings up an important point that um, you have to stay on your toes with this compliance and uh, they are still actively enforcing it. Um, so as let's close it out as we always like to do. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. All right, bye-bye.